I'd like to welcome you to our Sunday afternoon service. This is the message that we're preaching here in the Sunday afternoon service. All our messages are pre-recorded, and we don't do live services here, but we do thank God for your presence. You're getting the same message that they'll be given out on Sunday. But we invite you to come to church. We want you to be part of church, but we only put the preaching, we put the messages there on the internet and and uh, we thank God for your presence. Those of you that are joining us by the way of the internet, we thank God for you. Please continue to pray for us as we pray for you. And I trust this message will be a help to you. And uh, the, the title of the message is, How Bad Do You Really Want to Know Something? How bad do you want to know what God has for you? I mean, is there that burning, that desire to, to want to be who God wants you to be? And if you're saved, it ought to be in you. And if that, if that desire has fizzled, if, if you no longer have that desire in you, you can get that back today. And may the Lord help us to just be wanting to seek His will and do His will and, and, uh, and follow His word, follow His commandments. And, and may the Lord use us in a great way. And may the Lord use you right where you're planted, right where you are. Allow God to use you in a great way. And, and again, we pray for you and we desire your prayers as well. If you'd like to find your place in Acts chapter 9. Acts uh, chapter 9. Uh, you, you know the story here. It's the story of Saul and, and uh, how he came to know the Lord. And I trust that you know the Lord. I, I, I trust that you have a place uh, that you can go back to where you said, hey, uh, you may not remember the day, the time, the hour, but you ought to remember the place uh, where you called on the Lord Jesus Christ to save you. Uh, that, uh, I'm telling you, that, there was a Damascus road for Paul. And, and what's your Damascus road? Uh, where, where were you at? I up beside my bed there in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and I called on the Lord and asked Jesus to save me right there. I, 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 don't, I know the day that, that I got saved. I know the date, uh, uh, but, but you know, I know the place as well because it's there that God changed my life. Uh, had nothing to do with the place, uh, but I can clearly remember the place that God saved me. And, and I tell you, if you don't have a place, if you can't go back and, and think, and now if you've lost uh, uh, some of your abilities to be able to remember and things like that, hey, it, it's all about what you believe. You understand? It, it's not about the place, but if we do have our faculties and, and we claim we're saved, uh, then, then there ought to be a place that you could go back to and say, hey, it's right there that I surrendered my life to God. Uh, hey, it was, it was a shining light. Uh, and I can't remember exactly the exact day, but it's shining like Baptist Church in Monroe, North Carolina. I walked to an altar and I surrendered my life to God to be used of Him. And, and I remember at that altar just giving everything I had to the Lord from my family to my finances uh, to everything I had. I said, God, it's all yours. Use me how you see fit. Uh, and God called me to preach there uh, at that place. And, and, I, and I thank God for that, you know. And it, but there ought to be a place that you say, man, I was there. And, uh, and God spoke to my heart, convicted me of my sin. And, and, and I understood that I was a sinner on my way to a devil's hell, but only Jesus could save me. Only Jesus could give me everlasting life of forgiveness of sins and save my old wretched soul. And, but here for Paul is on that road to Damascus. Uh, and, and when he got, when he, when he, when he humbled himself before God, uh, he said these words, if you'll, what is for the sake of time, let's just start reading uh, and, uh, in verse 5 and says, And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. 
And he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? You understand the first reaction from a saved person ought to be what's next. What do I do now? Hey, because I'm a changed person, therefore if I'm a changed person and I've been saved and my sins have been forgiven, I'm part of the family of God, then God has an expectation for me. Uh, He's got something that he wants me to do. Uh, And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city and it shall be told thee what thou must do. And the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. And Saul arose from the earth, and and when his eyes were opened, he saw no man. But they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. Uh, Saul got saved, and the very first question that he asked, uh, Lord, uh, what wilt thou have me to do? Uh, Hey, he wanted to know what was his next step. Uh, What did God want from me? Uh, And what did God want from my life? And how did he want to use me? Uh, And it's so important that every person that is saved that you know what God expects of you. For a young person, God expects for you to be in church. God expects for you to obey your parents. The Bible says because it's right. God wants every child to honor his mother and his father and God will bless you for doing that. But have you ever heard someone say what you don't know won't hurt you? Now look, that, that statement is as far from being true as, as, as anything else. It's a lie. I just don't think that statement's very true because if I'm sick and I've got a disease inside my body and the doctor finds that and sees it but doesn't tell me about it, uh, it that, it's going to hurt me sooner or later. What, what I don't know will hurt me. I want someone to tell me so that we can take a plan of action, what's next? You see, that's what happened with Saul here. God pointed out his sin. God pointed out where he was and that he needed to humble himself and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And he did that. And when he done that, he said, what's next? What's the next step for me? You know, if an intruder was in your house and someone broke into your house and you didn't know that they were there... Would that statement be true? What you don't know won't hurt you? (laughs) Most likely not. But the flip side to that story is what the intruder don't know just may hurt him as well. How about cigarettes? Why do they put warning labels on packs of cigarettes? I don't think anybody reads them. But you know, they'll put warning labels, may cause heart disease, cancer, and all these things. But but why do people not read those warnings? Why don't they heed the warning? Because they say, if I don't know about it, if I if I kind of block that out of my life and out of my mind, then surely it won't hurt me. I can smoke cigarettes and never get cancer, never get heart disease. Hey, we know that that's not true. How about drinking alcohol? If what you don't know won't hurt you, then it ought to be okay to drink alcohol. If I don't know what alcohol can do to me, if I don't know what alcohol can do to others, uh, then I won't be affected by the effects of that alcohol. Hey, if I don't know about it, then it can't hurt me, right? No, wrong. It'll hurt you. 
God said to not let any sin have dominion over us, uh, whether it's saying curse words or whether it's lying or stealing or cheating or fornicating or coveting, hating other people, being disrespectful to those in authority. And I can go on and on and on. The Bible says, for sin shall not have dominion over you. And if sin's not to have dominion over us, then who should have dominion over us? The Bible says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is uh, your reasonable service. That's who needs to have dominion over you. Paul wasn't looking to run his own thing anymore. He wasn't running his own agenda, his own schedule. He said, Lord, what do you want uh, me to do? In 1 Corinthians 6 and, and, and verse 19, it says, What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Uh, you see, God wants to have control over us, and if you're saved, you belong to Him. What about drugs? Does the statement, what you don't know won't hurt you, apply to drugs? Between April 2022 and April 2023, this is a whole year, 12 months in America, there were over 110,000 deaths due to drug and opioid overdoses. Fentanyl and other synthetic opioids are involved in nearly 70% of the overdose deaths in America. 110. Will that statement be true? What you don't know won't hurt you? Well, I didn't know there was fentanyl in there. If there was fentanyl in there, I wouldn't have took it. No, you shouldn't be taking drugs anyway. Psychostimulants were involved in about a third of deaths and cocaine was involved in about a quarter of deaths. These psychostimulants, well, what are some of those and what effect do they have on a person? And, and these, are, these are things that are common. These are things that you can get your hands on. Any age can get their hands on some of these things. Uh, caffeine. Caffeine use in American adults uh, affects close to 90% of the U.S. adult population. They are on caffeine or take caffeine. Caffeine uh, use in young people from the age of 2 and up uh, is around 70% around uh, the world. Uh, caffeine addiction is associated with elevated depression risk, uh, feelings of burnout, uh, uh, tiredness and, and things like that. Greater likelihood of causing people to smoke and aggressive behavior. Increased impulsiveness. Symptoms similar to those experienced uh, with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder and conduct disorder. There was a young man that came into the hospital and and uh, as he was coming in, going to the ether, he was a young man, 18 or 19 years old, an athlete, uh, someone that was healthy, uh, going to college, playing sports. Uh, but right here is what happened. What got him to that hospital? He came in because he had drank several energy drinks. Uh, he had drank coffee, and he also drank a Mountain Dew. I'm not saying that the Mountain Dew did this to him, but it was the amount of caffeine that he ingested. And you know what happened? He died. A young, healthy man died because of that. As he, he, he was trying to get as hyped up as he could. Nicotine use that comes from, from cigarettes and, 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 and tobacco products uh, and, and addiction. It's associated with short-term 
in the short term can lead to dizziness, headaches, nausea, and abdominal cramps. You say, well, why am I having all these feelings? Well, if you're doing this, this is some of the side effects. Long-term effects include a stroke, blindness, diabetes, fertility issues, disability, and premature death. Consuming too much nicotine at one time can lead to nicotine poisoning which can cause feelings of confusion and seizures and fast breathing or stopping breathing altogether and potentially even death. Nicotine is a primary ingredient not only in cigarettes but in e-cigarettes and vaping and it's highly addictive. Vaping nicotine has become an increasing problem among young people and young adults. Uh, two and a half million adults, uh, youth in America, report that they have used uh, e-cigarettes in 2022. Two and a half million. Most young people do not go on their own and start doing these things. Why? Because they're not old enough to go purchase this. So they don't start this on their own, and they don't start abusing these type stimulants on their own. Uh, but here, here, try this. It won't hurt you. Hey, what you don't know won't hurt you, right? No, it will hurt you. Here, you can be cool. Here, have one of these. How many people have been warned of the side effects of these type stimulants, yet they still use them? And they may even recognize some of these symptoms in their own life, but yet they still use it. Many will disregard the warnings and say, what I don't know won't hurt me. It's not that they cannot know or they don't know. They simply refuse to heed the warnings. Why? Because they're after the pleasures that they feel from these stimulants. They've been deceived by the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes and the pride of life, and they'll neglect the warnings and side effects just so they can enjoy themselves for a short time. There's other stimulants. Uh, Ritalin and Adderall and Dexedrine can, can be helpful for certain people if they use it according to prescription. But if you misuse these type things, there's risk for overdose. Prescription stimulant misuse can lead to paranoia, psychosis, anger, and problems with the heart and nerves or stomach and potentially leads into a heart attack or a seizure. That, that, that statement, well, what I don't know won't hurt me, is false. If somebody hacks your bank account and wipes out all your money and you didn't know about it, uh, would it still affect you? Of course it would. As soon as you went to buy something at the store and you went to run your bank card, it's going to say declined or insufficient funds. How many people will not come to church because they don't want to hear what God has to say about their lifestyle or some sin that they might be indulging in? Because they, they understand that when they put them, they come to church, huh, it's fair game. Hey, that, 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 that word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword and it's going to reveal the intents uh, uh, of the heart. Uh, it's going to show us where we are, but thank God it also can be the Bob of Gilead can be applied to that same wound and we can find healing. But people don't want that. Oh, if I go to church, a preacher's going to step on my toes. He's always talking about what I'm doing wrong and how God wants me to be better and wants me to give himself uh, to the glory due his name. I ought to be thankful that someone cares enough to just tell the truth. But right here's the problem. They'll willingly ignore the Word of God. 
They think that if they don't hear it or, or, or they're not reminded of what God expects of them, then they won't be affected. Well, that's wrong. Hebrews 12, 6 says, For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. You see, when a person gets saved, uh, uh, they should want to find out uh, what God desires of them. Uh, I mean, they ought to want that. That's why you come to church. Uh, God wants you to learn. He wants us to learn to be pleasing unto Him. Uh, God wants us to grow in knowledge and not just learn things about the Bible and about God, but He wants us to apply His commandments to our life. When you learn how to add and you learn how to subtract and you learn how to divide and multiply when you're in grade school, uh, your teacher don't just show you how to do that and move to the next subject. Uh, they're going to give you some problems to work out. Uh, there's a lot of wisdom behind that. Uh, the teacher wants you to put what you know into practice. You see, God will allow us to go through troubles. He'll allow us to go through trials in this life, problems in this life, uh, situations that we may be uncomfortable with uh, so that we can apply what we've learned of God's Word uh, and glorify God uh, with the response. I always wanted to make A's in, in school and, and, and a hundred or bust. I'm telling you, that's just, that's just who I was. There was a time I wasn't like that, but, but that my attitude changed and, and, and I would study to show myself approved, a, a workman that needs not to be ashamed. I want to demonstrate my knowledge. When I was in law enforcement and I went through the, the law enforcement training there and I took the final exam, uh, I, I was disappointed that I, not, I didn't get the highest uh, score in my class. Uh, I scored a 98% and that tore me up because somebody else scored a 99 above me. It bothered me that I didn't get 100%. Uh, it wouldn't have bothered me if somebody else got 100%. Uh, but I'm talking about myself, it bothered me. When I went to get certified as a federal law enforcement trainer, instructor, I wanted to pass the exam. I passed with 100%. When, when, when I become an unarmed self-defense instructor, again, I, I studied and, and I made 100% on the exam. I wanted to know what was expected of me. I wanted to know everything. When God called me to preach and, and I took my Bible college courses, I, I was never satisfied if I made less than a hundred, even on a quiz or on anything. And I think the lowest grade that I made in four years was, was about 85, was the lowest grade, and that devastated me, that bothered me. I want to know. Why? So that I can grow. And I can apply these things to my life and I can help others. I, I, I don't know everything yet. You, you, you could hit me with a question. I may not have the answer, but I'll find it. But I've never stopped wanting to learn. You see, I, I've learned that what I don't know can hurt me. What I fail to apply in my life can hurt me. What I fail to learn from God's Word and, 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 and put it into practice, it not only can hurt me, but it can hurt others as well. It's so important to be saved. But after you get saved, then God's got a plan and a purpose for your life. When Paul got saved on that Damascus road, he immediately, immediately wanted to know what God expected of him. 
He no longer wanted to live for himself, but he wanted to live for God. Before he got saved, he only did what he thought was right and what made him happy. But now Saul was saved and he wanted to make God happy. Hey, you you do that by learning from God's Word and applying it to your life. And Paul didn't delay in asking God what he wanted him to do. I mean, Paul was blinded by that light there, and, 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 but he didn't make any excuse. How many times do we offer God excuses as to why we won't do something? And it ain't a reason, it's an excuse. It, it's to get us out from following the Word of God completely. Uh, hey, you know what Paul got? He got others to help him get to where God wanted him to be. Uh, hey, he was all in. Uh, he did exactly what God asked for. And he went and waited, like God said, till God brought somebody his way. God sent Ananias to tell Paul, what God had for him to do. Paul got baptized. That's your next step. After you get saved, you get baptized. That's the next thing that you do. In Acts chapter 9 and verse 20, it says, and straightway, (laughs) straightway. Hey, right then, he didn't delay. Straightway, he preached Christ in the synagogues uh, that he is the Son of God. (laughs) Well, you're talking about a changed life. There's evidence of a changed life right there because he never preached that before. (laughs) But boy, he's preaching it now. But all that heard him were amazed and said, Is not this he that destroyed them which called on this name in Jerusalem and came hither in that intent that he might bring them bound unto the chief priest? But Saul increased the more in strength and confounded the Jews which dwelt at Damascus, proving that this is very Christ. But Saul increased. Did you see that? He grew in knowledge of the Lord and applied that knowledge by telling others about Jesus. People saw a difference in Saul. He only did what God wanted him to do. If you're not saved, you've never been baptized, then God wants you first to be saved. You don't get baptized before you get saved. You get baptized after. It's an act of obedience. It's an outward testimony of the inward change that took place in your life. Of what you believe on the inside, baptism is just an expression of that on the outside. It's a testimony. It's a first step of obedience for the child of God. And and, and baptism cannot save you. But if you're saved, God wants you to obey His Word. God wants you to learn from God's Word. And you can't do that if you don't Hear God's Word. If you don't read your Bible, if you don't pray, if you don't attend church where you can hear God's Word, God wants you to be a testimony to your family and friends that God has saved you. He wants you to follow His Word and tell others what God has done for you. If you're not saved, if you're not saved, then God wants you to be saved today. To be saved, you're going to have to admit that you're a sinner that you've wronged God, that you've broke the law of God, and you're under that condemnation that all you deserve is to die and go to hell. But hey, you've broken God's law. You don't deserve to go to heaven. But right here's what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to put your faith in the fact that Jesus died for you on the cross. Uh, He took your place. Uh, He was buried and rose again for your justification. You have to put your faith in what Jesus did on the cross as good enough to save you. You must believe that 
in your heart. I trust that you're saved today. I trust that you want to know what God wants you to do. And I trust you're doing it. Because it's not enough to just hear it. You've got to do it. Paul did what he heard. Can people see a difference in your life? If not, it's time to make that difference. It's, it's time to put God in His rightful place. And let's be that testimony that God wants us to be. And let's follow His commandment. Let's follow His word. Let's do what He's asked us to do.